0: Hi, I'm Jared Pickens from your local Boy Scouts of America, right here in the Tennessee Valley, inviting you to our 17th annual Friends of Scouting Luncheon, coming Tuesday, September 28th, to the Chattanooga Convention Center. And this year, we can't wait for Colonel Mark Tillman, pilot of Air Force One during the tragic attacks of 9-11, to speak. Please join us. Sponsorships and tables are available now at CherokeeAreaBSA.com. This is your opportunity to help make future leaders from right here in our area, presented by First Horizon Bank and Morning Point Senior Living.
1: The rustle of leaves through the wind, the hoot of an owl, crickets, the crackle of a well-built campfire. The sounds of nature surround us all. If we can just find it through the noise of everyday life if you follow the scout trail it'll lead you to nature to real life skills leadership and much more for the youth of our great nation welcome to scout on chattanooga a podcast designed to encourage and embrace youth leadership right here in our area now from the scenic city here's sean whitfield jared pickens and Cubmaster kyle
2: Hello and welcome to another edition of Scout on Chattanooga. I am Sean Whitfield. Joining me is the CEO of Boy Scouts of America, Cherokee Area Council, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, hello. Hey, what's that? We I are back want,
3: together. I feel, <laughs> I feel less than y'all because he's like the CEO scout executive of our council. You're the CEO of Whitfield Media Group. But what can I have a CEO title of some kind? This seems to be a
0: reoccurring concern of yours, Kyle. <laughs> I, I seem to remember this a few months ago. When <laughs> and, and
3: we've been through this, You're, you have many other titles. Well, you have a woodworking business. What I can be the CEO of Cowboy Cow Woodworking? Yeah, yeah. Is, gotcha. is, is that okay. the name of it, Cowboy Cow oh, Woodworking? that's my wife's job.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, we can make you uh, the CEO, of whatever you want to be. All right. I mean, he's Cowboy Kyle, you know? Cubmaster Kyle, right? Well, now. here, you're Cubmaster yeah, Kyle. But, well, you know, to everybody else. And on Racing Talk Radio, he's Big Daddy Kyle. Big Daddy Kyle. A man of many names. Yeah, he, he does have several names. <laughs> and when he was
3: in high school, he was Big Nasty. All right, man. That's the one thing I hear the most from this podcast is people calling me Big Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> So, for
2: anyone listening, we, we want to, we're, we're going to try to get at least 30 people to come up to Kyle and say, hey, I was listening to Don't Scott on it. Chattanooga, <laughs> no, and I, I love it. the fact that you're known as Big Nasty. So, Nicole
0: and so Stickman, um, all the US 101 folks, so, right? That's so, who we want? So, we yeah. want
2: everybody listening, if you see Cowboy <laughs> Kyle out in public remind him that you were listening and you know him to be Big Nasty. All right. See, that's that's the way we can uh, gauge how many people are listening. To you know
3: you. what, I'll take that as an endearing name because my other troop mates, when I was a U-Scout, they called me Big Nasty as well. So, Have we considered making, who is it, Staples that has the easy button? I
0: yeah. think. Have we considered making a cowboy, excuse me, Cub Master Kyle laugh button? No. No, That would be, and then you could give that away to people as they approach you about your nicknames. D- d-
2: sort of give us an example of what that laugh sounds like, Jerry. You know, I wish I could, <laughs> but I think that that is not something my vocal cords
0: can afford. But you might actually, you might have it, it somewhere. Is it?
2: There you go. I know. It is it's it's Joey it. again. It, Somebody on Joey. Wait, wait, wait. Does it go like Ouch. this? <laughs> Is that the way it goes? No, you sounded like a donkey. <laughs> Sound like a seal. <laughs> well, okay, let's hear. Let's hear the real. Let's hear the real cubmaster. That's it. <laughs> do it one more time for the audience no no, i'm good good. oh my goodness who needs a button when you have sean sean can produce results i tell you i didn't know it was going to be that easy to pull that off (laughs) wow (laughs) so uh so on a serious note uh guys how's the world of cub scouts been going for each one of you and Cub Kyle, we'll start with you. What's been going
3: on in Ringgold? Man, we've been uh, having a good time doing our summer activities. We did our rain gutter regatta in June. In July, we did a uh, night out at the Chattanooga Lookouts with our pack. And then coming up in August, we're getting ready for recruitment season and going back to our normal Monday night um, program year. We're looking to start that in mid-August for uh, our pack down in Ringgold. So pretty exciting to, uh, to get back to every every monday night and we had our annual planning meeting which you you know you do with your committee so we've got everything shored up we got a calendar we're about to to ship out to all of our families so super exciting to get back in the monday night swing of things
2: so ceo jared would you tell this uh cub Master kyle job well done i would say excellent job done excellent you know job he's
0: carried done. his group of scouts and leaders through the pandemic out to the other side some might even say as good as our Famous Tennessee Volunteers, Davy Crockett. So he is, oh he Lord. is as a Georgia boy, i got to slide he, that in. He
2: is meeting or mm. exceeding your expectations of him. He's doing
0: fantastic. If, if I could tell him one thing, I'd say just slow down and, and enjoy the ride with your family. Because, you know, he still has a, a son that's involved in scouting, and that's really what he's committed to. But mm-hmm. he's sacrificing some of that time to help give back to others through his Cub
3: Scout pack. And I just can't say thank you enough. Well, thank you. That's very sweet of you. You're welcome. So you better remember those kind words because you may not get I too will. many. He's saying those, so next time he needs something out of me, I'll say yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, when you get that phone call or you he's doing great. Doing <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. So uh
2: Jared, how's things in the world of uh, Boy Scouts Cherokee Area Council for you? Man, they're great. I think the last time we
0: spoke over the air here, we talked about how great SkyMont's uh summer camp was going, right? Mm Master Kyle and and Kyle had just been out there and very pleased to report that we did finish our summer camping season with nearly 1,200 adult leaders and scouts in attendance. Mm -hmm. And we did not have any serious health concerns, uh, no serious accidents or injuries. And and you guys know, I talk about this all the time, that safety is our number one priority in the Mm -hmm. Boy Scouts and very happy that we were able to do that and just to see some of the new programs at camp cowboy action shooting you know just phenomenal i mean revolver lever action shotgun uh to see those kids get to do that was was fantastic this summer so and
3: the uh, the i think the adults that work it have just as much fun as the kids do
2: <laughs> yeah
0: i think you're right absolutely um and you know just heard so many good stories you know kyle was up there for a few of the scoutmaster dinners and you know, one week we, we heard this scout leader from Knoxville talk about how he wanted to commend our aquatics staff at the waterfront mm-hmm. because he had a scout that um, was differently abled um, and had some real concerns. And they helped this young man through his swim test, which yeah. was just a, a really big deal for someone that's uh, wheelchair bound and uh was very thankful for that so it's just incredible to hear some of these great stories that have gone on over the summer but we're getting ready for the fall and that's what matters right now that are, is hard
3: to believe we are almost, knee deep in fall that, recruitment that, i would say we are or the planning we, of
2: it. we have in you know a vision short vision football season and fall weather it seems like the yeah. summer has flown by
0: and, and i wish i could push it off a little more you know as a Tennessee fan. <laughs> uh, I wish.
2: I think we need a... No. Is there like a spring As ball a Tennessee for, fan, you just need to forget the fall every day. <laughs> as uh, a Tennessee it, fan, you need never to just happen. learn to be a Georgia fan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's what, that's what, the that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, the room divided here as I face off against
2: two Bulldogs. But, uh, you know, we try. Well, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we uh,
0: approach our break? Just a, just a reminder, and uh, Kyle's aware of this, and I know, Sean, you are, but September the 28th, our Friends of Scouting luncheon mm-hmm. with guest speaker Colonel Tillman, who piloted uh, Air Force One on the fateful events during 9-11 and the attacks there. An incredible story to share, and we're excited to bring back that luncheon after about a year-and-a-half hiatus. So um, you can find out information for that on our website, Cherokee area bsa.com. so kyle's given me the note of approval thank you kyle you got
2: it right yes <laughs> well one of the goals of uh, scout on chattanooga is not uh, not only to bring good information like what we're having at the moment but to also bring on outstanding guests that share their story and we've got another outstanding guest today that's going to be joining us here in the studio eric buchanan yep and Eric is someone I guess I've known probably 10 years or so. He is a well-known uh, attorney here in Chattanooga, and uh, he has been very successful in law for many years, and he has an association to scouting. He does. Yep,
0: he's been on the board of the Cherokee Council for quite some time and, and uh, has volunteered in, in other uh, capacities as well and has a history as a boy scout himself mm-hmm. um, so just like don moeller one of our previous guests mm-hmm. you know not every time uh, does one of our guests have experience as a scout some are scout parents some are just community members but it's always fun to get somebody who can talk about their experiences in the room with us
2: so it is time for us to take a quick break when we come back we're going to be talking to our guest today eric buchanan for jared pickens Cubmaster kyle i'm sean whitfield and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message.
1: We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. For more than 100 years, the Order of the Arrow has recognized scouts and scout leaders who best exemplify the scout oath and law in their daily lives. Arrowmen are known for maintaining camping traditions and spirit and for providing cheerful service to others. OA service, activities, adventures, and training for youth and adults are models of quality leadership, development, and programming that enrich and help to extend scouting to America's youth. For more info on the OA and scouting in our area, Visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com Now back to Scout On, Chattanooga
2: As we continue, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle and guys, we have got a guest here joining us today in the studio and this is a guy that uh, is a familiar name around Chattanooga and he's a guy that uh, if you need help with a specific area of law, he's your guy and that is none other than Eric Buchanan. Hello, Eric.
4: How are you, Sean? Good to see you.
2: I'm doing great. And um, I, I have, I guess I've known you for maybe eight or 10 years. Yeah, that's and, right. And, and when I got to know you, uh, I think we had lunch together with a mutual friend of ours. And one of the things that I identified first was you had a history in scouting. So I know we have a lot to talk about today, and you have been heavily involved in scouting through the years. But first, for those that uh, maybe don't know you, or they've heard your name in Chattanooga, uh, and don't know much about you, give us a brief overview about who Eric Buchanan is.
4: Yeah, absolutely, thanks. So I grew up on Signal Mountain. Uh, I went away to military school, the Navy, and law school, and then came back here in the 90s, and I worked for my dad for about six years doing social security disability law. Uh, then in 2003, I opened my own firm and we focus on helping people have disability insurance policies and have been denied. So, individual people that have long term disability or private disability insurance, if the insurance company says no, you're not disabled, where do they go? Well, that's us. Uh, we've got six attorneys. We focus on that. We do have a little bit of other employee benefits if somebody has health insurance or life insurance at work and those get denied. Or if you just have a life insurance policy and for some reason the insurance company decides not to pay, we've had to handle some of those cases too. Mm-hmm. That's our little niche.
2: Now you represent people all over the country, is that correct?
4: We do. It's a nationwide practice. It's so, it's so specialized in that little niche that that the way we get good clients and the way we fight these insurance companies is we take these cases all over. We work with local attorneys. We probably have more cases right now in new york city than we have in tennessee in my firm wow Wow. yeah
2: and and jared and kyle there's there's another thing you probably don't know about eric and that is the fact that in this area of law you are a well-known name across the country i mean you don't you speak at a lot of conferences and various uh large organizations or have
4: gatherings yeah i i do that a lot uh covid not so much but before covid i was regularly traveling i had it just like for example randomly had back to back two different organizations invited me to speak in omaha in 2019 Mm -hmm. one was the omaha trial lawyers and one was a, a meeting of insurance agents who wanted to hear about how these cases get litigated uh so i got to go speak there i've i've spoken west coast east coast national conventions smaller conventions Uh, The little area that I'm really kind of famous for, it's disability insurance, but if somebody gets their insurance through work, it falls under a federal law called ERISA, Mm -hmm. and before everybody starts yawning and getting bored, I'll just tell you real quick, if you have your benefits at work, it doesn't count as an insurance contract, it's an employee benefit case, and it's litigated differently, so you got to know all those special rules, and that's what I do for Mm -hmm. a living with five other attorneys in my office, is know how those special rules work, so when people get out there and they get lost in the system and they don't know how, how it works. The insurance companies know how the rules work. Uh, you need someone on your side who knows how those rules work. So that's my little area of expertise.
2: And I hear you have the reputation that uh, the insurance companies know your name so well that they fear you when they hear it. <laughs>
4: yeah. I don't know if I'm going to brag that much, but I've certainly been told by people that work. There's a big insurance company here in town. Uh, And I've been told by some of their employees that, yeah, my name's well known, but the biggest recommendation I've gotten from the big insurance company here in town, and anybody can probably guess what that is, uh, is some of their retired employees have referred cases to me.
2: Mm.
3: Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. What a
2: referral. Yeah, yeah, Jared and Kyle, y'all didn't know how scary a guy Eric is in that field and <laughs> in, in that industry.
3: Well, the only thing that I've ever been able to specialize in in my entire life is Dutch oven cooking. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate his specialty much, much more than I do my own.
4: Well, I'm not going up against you in a biscuit making contest yeah. in a Dutch oven. <laughs> like well, them, I was about to say, though, Eric,
0: you know. I believe Eric was and, and is a scout, and so he probably knows how to do and has done a lot of this stuff. So uh, Cupmaster Master Kyle, you know,
3: watch your bets. I don't know. <laughs> we may have to, uh, maybe me and you can meet up at a camporee sometime soon. That would be fun. That would be fun. So we know a lot about your professional career, but before all that started, you were a scout right here in the,
4: uh, in the Tennessee Valley, right? Absolutely. Troop 60 at Signal Mountain Presbyterian. So I started there... I think it was 1978, uh, and I became an Eagle Scout completed. I'm one of those kids who completed all the requirements before my 18th birthday, but I was running so close to being 18 that my court of honor, I think I was already 18. <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, I got it, but I got it done. Uh, if you've ever been on Signal Mountain, unfortunately, my Eagle project is gone, but it used to be a sign over the, uh, the gateway to the Rainbow Lake Wilderness area. When they first mm-hmm. did that, we built, like— a sign and some steps and the project that first started and then when they went back it was just a few years later and added the paved parking lot they had to tear up everything i had done
3: oh man oh, man
2: so as your scouting uh, world has continued as an adult you have become or you have been active very active in scouting talk a little bit about uh, some of your past and as an adult and
4: being a leader yeah, so I guess it was about nine years ago. I got invited to be a table host for the Friends of Scouting luncheon that traditionally happens every February, and I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a real kind of privileged opportunity to be invited to be a table host to actually find you know seven or eight other people to sit at your table and support scouting. Uh, I was kind of so proud to be invited to that i was at, i loved doing that for two or three years mm-hmm. and then after that i was asked to move up to be one of the district chairs so i was responsible for finding at the time i think our goal was 20 to 25 table hosts for our district i did that for six or seven years uh, and we did manage to grow it pretty well put a few systems in place we're working on things to make it better then this year kind of covid i think was <laughs> you know we're not doing so well with that this year mm-hmm. in terms of having a lunch all over. I think we're now set to do something, right, Jared?
0: Correct, yeah. September 28th. Yep. So it's it's not in February, but um, with that setback, we, we will be able to have it.
4: Yeah. So it's always been a good thing. I I tell you what, enjoying some of those speakers. The guy who was the pilot for Air Force One on 9/11, maybe was one. He was one of the few times we got somebody who wasn't a scout or didn't have a direct connection to scouting, like a kid in scouting. Mm. But he was one of the best speakers. But we've had some fantastic speakers over the years also along the way i was asked to be on the board so i am on the board uh which you know has regular meetings and and that's been a fun way to stay involved uh i haven't actually been involved with a particular troop you know as an adult but Mm -hmm. i'm sure i want to support scouting and i think you know the friends of scouting luncheon and financially helping and being on the board are the ways that i've Felt called to contribute.
3: Well, you know, Eric, there's a uh, there's a moon pie sale coming up this fall, <laughs> <laughs> and Pack Three One Seven Seven in Ringgold really has a lot of moon pies. We're gonna have to offload. And, and, so. and if, you look at my, if you
4: look at my pictures online, sometimes you'll see I'm des- definitely somebody that needs more moon pies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so something
0: that um, that I know since Sean, you brought up some stuff we didn't know about Eric. Something that I know about Eric that I'm not sure you guys do is eric is actually really into along with his wife golf is that right eric and and travels and, and is able to take part in some really cool stuff
4: yeah so my wife is the club well was the club champion of black creek for eight years in a row she got beat by one stroke last year uh, Oh no. so by somebody new that moved into town that was actually a, an old friend of the family so long story there but she, she's a really really good golfer she played on the boys team in high school so it's one of those things that we can do as a couple. Some people go scuba diving together. Some people like hiking together. We like playing golf together, especially if we can walk and take a caddy. So go into places like Bandon Dunes or Stream Songs, or go into the United Kingdom and Ireland. We've done all those things, and we just love doing it. And that's our that's our big trips. Half the time that we go on a vacation somewhere, we're going to go walk and play golf. Uh, we with the first time we went to Scotland, we played seventeen rounds in eleven days. Oh wow! wow, <laughs> wow yeah, that's goodness. a lot. Yeah.
0: So you, Eric, so Eric, let me let me ask another question for you because I've been wondering this, and and you know, you and I have gotten a chance to to grab lunch from from time to time since I just moved here just about ten months ago. But um, I've always wanted to ask you: you're an attorney now, you represent people, you believe in that. Was there a connection between your scouting experience and things you learned? And your career that you have right now?
4: I'll give you one good example of how there definitely was. Back in the old days when uh we earned our merit badges when I was a scout in the early eighties, was you would go actually meet with the 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 uh the merit badge counselors in their homes or maybe you'd meet them for lunch somewhere like at Hardy's or whatever. And uh, Mr. Cheel on Signal Mountain was one of the best merit badge counselors and he did Uh, american citizenship and that merit badge i remember learning lessons from that that probably gave me a leg up on other people by the time i got to law school Mm -hmm. that that there were people who came out of college who didn't understand civics as well as what i learned in you know going to a few sessions of studying and, and learning for that merit badge and if you're not in scouting where do people learn that kind of civics anymore in america it's not taught in high school anymore but scouts at least taught it to me i hope they still teach it as well we do yeah absolutely yeah Hmm.
2: that is interesting so for those that are out there listening if somebody's got a son or daughter that is uh maybe uh in, in grade school is is there any advice you would give a parent out there listening that uh they could possibly take and it would be helpful for them to uh encourage their son or daughter to participate in
4: scouting so one short answer is i think the advantage you get from having been a scout mm-hmm. uh is tremendous that it helps sometimes with job interviews it helps sometimes when you're applying to colleges it helps it helped me get my scholarship to to be a, to, to have a navy rotc scholarship Uh, Back in those days, one of the pages of the application for a Navy ROTC scholarship was a page about your scout experience. And I imagine now that women can be, and the girls can be in scouts, that they're going to bring that back. I've heard talk about that, that that'll be something that men and girls and boys can both qualify for and fill out that form and say, Hey, I've been an Eagle Scout, or I was in scout for six years, and I'm a life scout that had 30 merit badges or whatever it was. So that kind of leg up is fantastic. But just the skills the uh, ability to deal with people the the self-confidence of knowing that you know if I when I was 12 years old and with a couple other kids around my age that we could hike at night in the woods and find our way to the campsite and Mm -hmm. the the cool stuff we got to do as a Scout that gave you that self-confidence it's fantastic I'll give one good story about what it can mean to be an Eagle Scout so my first career out of college before I went to law school was I went to VMI, the Virginia Military Institute, and got a Navy scholarship and graduated and I got commissioned in the Navy. And at that time, the Navy was growing and they were willing to take just about anybody who could pass a flight physical and, as a Naval aviator. My grades would not have normally in most years probably gotten me a chance to be a Naval aviator, but physically I could do it, and I passed everything to do it, so and I graduated, got commissioned, I'm an ensign in the Navy, and I got accepted into flight school. One of the safety stand-down days in flight school where you take a day off, you do classroom work, they had all the flight students in a big auditorium. There were probably 400 of us there. And they said, okay, everybody in this room who was a firstborn, stand up. And it was 80, 90% of the room. All right, sit back down. Everybody in this room who was a letterman in high school, stand up. It was 95% of the room. Mm -hmm. Sit back down. Everybody in this room who was an Eagle Scout, stand up it was probably 75% of that room. Now where do you find in this world, other than a Friends of Scouting luncheon, a room that's 75% Eagle Scouts? Mm. And the answer is Navy Flight School. Wow, interesting story. Wow, so uh, Jared and Kyle, any
2: uh, closing comments before we uh, head to a break that you have for Eric? Well, well,
0: I want to be the first to say, Eric, thank you for your service to our, our country and our nation and for what mm-hmm. you continue to do first. Um, and also, you know, you've mentioned VMI a few times, and I also wonder if, is there a connection between, you know, your scouting experience and, and how you ended up at that very historic university?
4: Uh, I think wanting to do well in scouting was consistent with my goal. I knew I wanted to serve in the military growing up. Uh, there's a lot of history in my family. My dad was a Marine officer. He was the commanding officer of Mike Battery here in Chattanooga, like in 79 and 80. And so he stayed in the Marines long enough to retire, uh, my grandfather was in the Navy during uh, World War II. His brother-in-law was a Marine pilot during World War II, so my uncle, my great-uncle, who ended up being a two-star general in the Marine Corps during Vietnam. Uh, and great story about my uncle Vic, was, Vic Armstrong was his name, is he flew the first ever helicopter mission to rescue a downed airman behind enemy lines in Korea. And the very next night, he flew the first ever night mission to rescue a downed airman behind enemy lines in a helicopter. So that's the kind of family history I had. Uh, So I knew I wanted to go into the military, and and doing well in scouting was kind of, a little bit of that it's scouting is not a military organization but some of the skills the leadership the the way that a pack is structured at least has some of those concepts that you learn about how that stuff works and and it fit in really really well it doesn't mean you have to go in the military because you're a scout but it means it might help you learn some of the basic skills that move it along better Mm -hmm.
2: eric have you ever considered writing a book about you and your family (laughs) because it would be a long and interesting
4: one it Mm. would and i'm totally changing i'm actually am working on a movie (laughs) but it's with my brother-in-law it's my wife's dad and i'll i can't tell the whole story all at once but i'll just very quickly say my wife's dad was shot down in the Uh, Mediterranean in February 1943 when his B-25 was shot down. He was the co-pilot. He and the pilot were the only two that got out. They were captured by the Italians, eventually turned over the Germans, spent most of the war in Luftstallung III. They were in that camp when the Great Escape took place over in the next compound over. Uh, They were eventually moved to southern Germany during February, an eight-day march through the coldest winter in the 20th century in Europe. Uh, one of their pr- fellow prisoners wrote a book about just that experience. The name of that book is called "Maybe I'm Dead." Uh, and so they went through all that. They came home together, went to visit each other's families in the summer of '45. And my wife's dad, Jack, they were at his house. And the pilot, Fred, that they'd been best friends through all these adventures together, says to Jack a couple weeks later, "Hey, do you mind if I marry your sister?" So Fred married June, Jack's sister, and so my wife grew up with her uncle Fred being the pilot who did all that stuff with her dad the pilot all throughout World War II. Hmm. And there's a bunch to the story. I mean, they, <laughs> wow. the, the, there's there's adventures they had like when they were learning first how to fly B-25, they were doing it in South Carolina near the coast and they would practice low-level night flying flying over the swamps in South Carolina they'd come back and they'd have a $5 bet for each crew would put in $5 which was real money in 1942 Mm -hmm. whichever crew had the most seagrass pulled out of the intakes of their engines by the ground crew would win the prize. That's how low (laughs) they were flying over the coast. Mm,
0: Well well, Eric I do have one more question you mentioned that um, you were right up to your 18th birthday working on that Eagle Scout and I know it's something you're passionate about so if there was a scout out there right now who's a life scout And they're thinking, what am I going to do? Should I really put in the effort? What would you tell them?
4: Get her done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I went through that. I really went fast from the, the first, you know you know tenderfoot second class first class star life and i'm a life scout i just turned 14 life is great nothing i can go all these camping trips and just be the life scout and be a leader in the troop and at 14 that's pretty fast pretty quick and everything's Mm -hmm. fine and then you go to SkyMont a couple more times you keep getting the merit badges but then high school fits in cars girls sports i was a three three sport athlete at red bank and so all that stuff got busy and next thing you know it's like oh crap i'm 17 and a half and i haven't figured out what my eagle scout project is going to be <laughs> and I, I got it done a lot of help from my scout master uh mitch bird who used to be an attorney here in town was my Scoutmaster most of the time he passed away a few years ago but we got to be friends as adults as fellow attorneys and i wouldn't give that experience up for anything in the world and he really kind of pushed me toward the end and my mom and dad they they said some stuff to me at the end about, my dad literally told me, Eric, don't, they said, "He don't F that up. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was an old Marine who almost never cussed at me, but he did that time.
3: <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I have just one final question before we kind of wrap things up. Of your entire scouting experience, what is probably the biggest memory that you have Um, from overall it can be as an adult as a youth whatever just that one memory that always comes to your mind
4: when you're thinking about scouting so the 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 there's a couple of answers and i want to give one big one but it's hard to leave out the other stuff so i was at the first ever a hiawassee raft race and did that oh yeah that was a few years of my scouting when we first got started and one of the early competitions was having a mechanically driven raft that you had to build and watching some of the troops put together the stuff with three and four bicycles and, (laughs) and, and, Uh and propellers and trying to take that down the hiawassee and those are the fun memories but the really fun one was uh the summer between my ninth and tenth grade uh Troop 176 on Signal Mountain and Troop 60 got together and together took older Scouts on a on a bareboat charter to the Bahamas, Mm -hmm. and we got to go for a week snorkeling, little scuba diving for those who were certified, but we took a bareboat charter out of Fort Lauderdale, sailed at night, and I can remember clearly one of my fellow Scouts and I, Doug Yates, and I were both, I mean, we're ninth graders. And the captain said, there's the stars you're going to point to. Keep the compass pointing about this direction and wake me up if you have any problems. And he went to bed, and we were navigating a sailboat. We are the only ones awake, crossing the the Gulf Stream at 1 to 3 in the morning. That, how do you ever get an experience something like that without, wow. except through scouting? Yeah, that's incredible.
2: Jared, do they still do that kind of thing in scouting?
0: Well, the thing I'll say is what I said in our introduction, which is, Um, In the Boy Scouts of America, safety is our top priority, and so we pride ourselves in making sure you've you've heard Eric mention a few times different certifications and and things. So we work to ensure we can still do the incredible high adventure and make it as safe as possible. And to that, I will add that we are coming up, Eric, on, and I hope this is not revealed too much, but we're coming up on, I believe it's our 42nd, great hawassi river raft race it's happening in i think about three or four weeks and uh we had it last year in the pandemic mm-hmm. so eric how does it feel to know that is still going
4: on yeah I that's th- fantastic so 40 was a 79 was I, that the first I, I i don't know the year i just know the uh the it seems like it was 78 or 79 that would have been about right and i did at least say five of them
0: and uh it's a great activity and and so that's just an example of something that regardless of what's going on with with national rules and regulations we work to fit in them and make sure that we can still carry on the high adventure here locally because a lot of kids you know they won't get that opportunity to go to florida but um, we try to give them the opportunity to go to the hawassi at
2: least jared i think you've just found your honorary starter (laughs) it sounds good uh, of the hawassi raft race (laughs) You know, an NASCAR race has an honorary <laughs> starter. Uh, you, you should have with the uh, Hawassi Rafferty. If We're going to put you somebody, on it,
3: too, Sean.
4: Somebody reminds <laughs> me I might be able to find that patch. Ooh, you got a patch? patch? I think I might have one wow. patch. Uh, nice. We like patches. <laughs> yeah, you can't be
2: a Boy Scout not be into patches, That's what right. I understand.
3: That's right. Kyle's Kyle got forgot. a bunch. I'm a collector, yeah. How many would you say you got? I probably got around 100 or so.
4: Wow, is Eric, that it how about
3: you? You have any idea? I, I don't you know, were to guess.
4: Well, if you count my Navy ones, I probably have at least a hundred. I got some pretty cool ones from the Navy, but from Scouting, uh, things like uh, my council from Southern California, where I was a Cub Scout for a couple of years before we moved back to Chattanooga in '77. So I have I collected some council patches from out there, going to a couple of events that were some pretty neat uh, uh, opportunities to get stuff from all over the world, or all over the United States at least. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, Eric, thank you for coming in and sharing your story. We uh, certainly enjoyed hearing it. And for folks that uh, would maybe like to go online and learn a little bit more about your
4: uh, law practice, where can they find you online? It's BuchananDisability.com. Our office is on Macaulay Avenue near UTC, uh, but we do a national practice, so anybody anywhere can check www.BuchananDisability.com. All right. It is time for us to
2: take a quick break. For Jared Pickens, Cupmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield, and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message.
1: We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast.
4: My
5: name is Kathleen, and I'm a Cub Scout. I'm here to talk to you today about becoming a Cub Scout like me. Cub Scouts get badges for doing fun activities, and we make friends. Scouts go camping, climbing, Fishing and swimming together. We have fun, we play sports, and go to praise. Scouts also help people and become the best versions of themselves. Visit beascout.org to find a pack near you.
1: And now, Scout on Chattanooga's Campfire Conversation. A sit down with a real life scout with an incredible story.
3: All right, friends. Welcome into this edition of the Campfire Conversation. Cubmaster Kyle and Jared Pickens sitting down with a real life scout, talking about scouty things. That's what we enjoy uh, doing. Uh, this edition, we have Max on with us. Max Sewell from One Seventy Six uh, Troop One Seventy Six on Signal Mountain. Uh, Max, how are you doing today?
5: Pretty good. How are y'all doing?
3: good man thanks for joining us we appreciate you uh coming on and we want to learn some more about your scouting career and just you as a person uh during our campfire conversation so let me go ahead and just ask when did you get into scouting and what made you want to join
5: i got into scouting as early as i could i think my when i was six uh the scouts came into my elementary school and talked to all the boys in my grade about joining the cub scouts and uh, me and my dad, we actually uh, were in bike riding distance from one of the scout cabins on the mountain we live on. So, the day that they had the sign ups, we rode our bikes to the cabin, signed up for Cub Scouts. And since then, I've been a member of Troop 3116 and our Cubs the Cub Troop 3116 and the Boy Scout Troop 176 on Signal
3: Mountain. Great. So that means that you started as a Tiger Cub and went all the way up, earning um, all of your ranks all the way through. Can you, in particular, what's two of your favorite moments from scouting? And if I can, can you think of maybe a time um, that you went and did something in your Cub Scouting time and then also your Scouts BSA time as well? Would love to hear just some stories of your growing up in scouting.
5: I would say... Uh, the best uh, Cub Scouts I can think of is we went on when I would, I think it was my Weeblos two year. We went on a a three day or three day, two night uh, trip down somewhere in Georgia. I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was a, it was a true scout camp. There were other troops there and mm-hmm. it was probably one of my first uh, almost jamboree-ish type experiences. And I remember <laughs> just getting to learn a bunch of things and really enjoying it and doing some team building stuff with the rest of my troop and had a really good time. And so then, that's
3: one of the times that you like start learning how to become a, a boy scout, right? Yeah. Was it, it all began for you at that trip learning, you know, what the patrol method is and that sort of stuff, right?
5: Yes. And that was like one of the first campouts where we got to start like trying to keep our cook our own food and things like that. So it was really prepping us for what Boy Scouts was going to be. More than uh, we kind of stopped holding our, our dad's hands a little bit. They were still there, but it, we weren't as de- dependent on them at that point.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> how do, do you remember how the cooking went that 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 trip?
5: I. I Can't remember exactly how it went, but uh, I'm pretty sure as scouts, we got tasked with like cooking hot dogs over a fire while the parents actually made food. That in case everything went wrong, there was backup if needed. (laughs) (laughs) All
3: right. And what about your time in the scouts BSA over your years of working on that Eagle Scout uh, rank?
5: I would have to say uh, I have two favorite moments and they're a bit different. Uh, One of them is my favorite campout moment would have to be, uh, I was lucky enough. I got to go to Philmont while I was a scout. And uh, my, probably the biggest memory I have of scouting is uh, we got to summit mountain Baldy and it was standing on top of that mountain after already hiking about uh, 60 miles in the last few days was, it was a pretty amazing moment to be up there with some of my fellow troop members and I got to be up there with my dad as well so it was a pretty it was a pretty great moment it's probably something I'll remember for a really long time and then for a more scouting like advancing type memory I'd have to say one that I really remember is uh the last work day I had of my Eagle Scout project that final day with uh scouts helping me finish just the last touches on uh, my project it was a pretty, just as soon as everything was finished, it was just that feeling of, I finally did it. I'm finally able to say that I completed this project.
3: Can you just kind of tell us how it came about and what you did as your Eagle Scout project? Cause it's pretty incredible.
5: I, yeah. So I had kind of had ideas about my Eagle Scout project, but I had always wanted to do something, not just because I felt that it was needed, but something that I knew my community needed. So I went to a bunch of the air, the places around my community. I went to Signal Mountain, the town of Signal Mountain, and sent them an email. And I went to uh, the Mountain Arts Community Center, which is a community, a community center in my hometown, and asked them if they needed anything. And they were the first ones to reach out. And they said that for a long time, they had been wanting a trail built in the woods that they have around their property. And something about that to me, I've, I ran up or I grew up running trails because my parents are both trail runners. So I'd always had a connection to things like that. And I thought it was a cool idea. So I decided that would be the thing I would do. So in the end, I ended up from scratch with like no trail layout, uh, cutting, clearing, and then flattening out, and then laying mulch down over a quarter mile trail in their woods area. And then uh, cementing in a pull-up bar, a balance beam and a bench in the area as well. And it sounds kind of crazy, but it really, in the end, I think it was about a 250 hour project and it was just a really fun project. Honestly, I got to see a lot of kids do some things that they had never done before when it came to clearing the trail. And I also got to learn a lot of things that uh, have really helped me since then when it came to like doing some yard work and things of that nature. So Uh, It was honestly really fun to see some people learn some new things. And especially a lot of the scouts who helped me with my project were very young because we had a group of first years that were coming in right as I was finishing my project and seeing them kind of have their first scouting experiences be helping me with my Eagle project was a really cool thing to see.
0: So something that I'd like to go back to is that just a bit ago you talked about two pinnacle experiences summoning Mount Baldy the mountain and that would have been on foot hiking yourself physically and then summoning that last portion of your Eagle Scout project and and so you have to forgive me if I I did notice that which of those would, would you consider those to be the same meaning to you or do they share different meanings
5: I would say they share a little bit of a different meaning uh the Eagle Scout project is definitely more of, for me, that's the bigger accomplishment because it was, I had spent months working on it. I had put so much time into it and it was something that I was, that was, it was almost like it was finishing part of myself because that was something I had been working on for such a long time. Mount Baldy was more of a thing where it was, I had been hiking for such a long time that that was just the, almost the end of the Philmont journey itself. So it was just a memory connected to a film. was a beautiful thing and I'm really happy I got to do it. So it's just that crowning memory of that activity while the Eagle Scout project memory is more of mm-hmm. it kind of c- caps off my entire scouting journey, I would say. So when you, so when you look back and you think about these pinnacle
0: experiences that you've had and, and summiting the mountaintop of the hiking experience and the scouting experience, Are there people who have helped you most along the way?
5: I would say uh, my dad, I've been very lucky to have uh, my, my dad's side of the family has been very involved with scouts for a very long time. He wasn't a scout himself, but his grand or his dad was, and some of his brothers were, and he had been around scouting a lot when he was a kid as well. And he totally pushed for me to, do scouting from the beginning is first the, like the first chance that I got. He was trying to make me do it, and I I was willing to do it, and I'm very happy that he pushed me for it because it was a I'm very happy I got to experience the things I got to experience. But he was also uh, at some points during um, my scouting experience in Troop 176. There were a lot of leadership shifts, and at one point, uh, and still to this day, he moved into the role of Scoutmaster in my troop because we needed a scout master and he was someone who was willing to pick up that role. And if it hadn't have been for him, I may have had to switch troops uh, a few years before getting my Eagle. And it maybe would have made things much more difficult in that process. If I had had to move to a new troop and meet with new leadership and switch over a bunch of merit badges and things of that nature. So he definitely helped a lot, not only by pushing me as a parent, but also picking up uh, the role as a scoutmaster. master. And I think, it also helped in that way because I got to see my, the troop that I grew up in continue to exist and continue to flourish because once he picked up uh, the leadership position, we got a ton of new scouts and started going on more campouts again. And it was just really good to see the troop was at that point. It was definitely going to continue to strive for the greatness that it was when I joined it.
3: So when so you go ahead, Jared.
5: So when you, reflect
0: back on those experiences those are some pretty serious moments and and some pretty profound ah ahas do you have any funny stories that you could share
5: i do uh i have a few yeah um not about
0: your dad not about your dad just just so (laughs) i I (laughs) have some about myself too Uh,
5: (laughs) but i remember two. they were both very beginning of the time i was in the troop because I didn't get to have too many times where I could be having funny experiences because I think the second year I was in the troop, I was pushed into a uh, being a patrol leader because I had already gained enough ranks to sit in that position. So my first years were more of the, the forming years, I guess. So in the first two campouts, I think I have two pretty good stories. One of them was uh, on maybe the second or third campout that I was ever on. I was tasked with – cleaning all of the dishes for my patrol myself. So I was given a wash rag and I was so ready to wash all these dishes and it was below freezing out. So it was kind of a disaster from the start. And the very first thing I did was I was about to start washing this, these dishes and I just dropped the rag into this like pot of freezing cold water. And that was the only dry rag we had on the entire campsite. So that, uh, <laughs> that was a fun experience to go to. And I ended up having to clean all those dishes with that freezing cold rag for the rest of the night. And then the other one was we did this thing in December a lot called a lock in where we just got to, uh, rather than focus on going and pitching tents, we just kind of had a lock in at our cabin and watched a movie. And I was trying to start a stove in the, uh, in one of the rooms in our cabin. And for whatever reason, the, the lighter just wouldn't spark. So I unknowing to myself was letting all this gas out of this, this stove and it finally ignited. And I actually like burnt most of my eyebrow off.
3: And it- oh, no, oh man.
5: <laughs> That was a fun one too. That's crazy, man. <laughs> what about your, so,
0: so going back to your Eagle Scout project, what was the most uh, interesting challenge that you had to overcome? Cause I'm sure you had, you had many with a, a trail clearing project like that.
5: The trail clearing wasn't that bad for me just because I did a lot of research to figure out exactly what I needed to do. And uh, it was kind of hard to, it was a pretty long trail. So there was a lot of brush to clear out and things like that. But overall that wasn't the hard part. I would say the hardest part was a, uh, the pull-up bar that I got was not uh, a normal, just two poles in a in like post holes and then cement system. It had like a flat or a bottom with uh, some rods that we had to. We went to. We have a family friend who's a metal worker, so we actually got him to make custom brackets for it, so we could put those brackets into cement and then cement it to the ground. So just figuring out. Uh, Part of it was I didn't just want to kind of find someone to do it for me. So I had to kind of figure out what the brackets would have to look like and things like that. So going through the challenge of finding out what these brackets needed to look like, and then finding out if it was possible for our friend to actually make the brackets that way. And then I got to watch him make the brackets, which was very interesting because I got to see a lot of, very cool machinery at work and things like that. So it was just, that was probably the most challenging but also most interesting part of the experience.
3: So through the whole experience, let me ask you this, if there's any, um, scouts that are maybe about to start thinking about their Eagle Scout projects, maybe they've begun the very beginnings of working on their project, maybe what's some tips or tricks that you can just generally tell them what worked good for you when it came to maybe scheduling people to help you or your planning, what was some of the the things that worked best for you?
5: I know something that worked really well for me is I always like to send out my uh, my message telling people that I was having a workday about two weeks before because by then people would have a much more open schedule. Like if you're sending it out a week or even less, a less amount of time before that, people are already going to have plans or they're already going to be doing stuff. But if you send it out about two weeks before, most of the time people will have much more open schedules. And if they don't have an open schedule at that point, it's like, it's more understandable. You get a better head count to know how many people are going to, uh, you're going to know how many people are going to be there farther ahead. So you can plan how many tools you'll need and things of that nature. Uh, I know another thing that was very helpful to me was double checking everything, like double checking how many people would be at a, at an event, so I knew how many tools I needed and double checking what people were bringing, what tools, if we had people volunteering to bring tools and things like that. And double checking, like I had planned to buy a certain uh, balance beam, but I needed to double check to make sure that it was the correct one. And that was important because The original one I planned to buy was not actually going to work with the system we were using, but since Mm -hmm. I double checked and make sure that everything was proper, I ended up buying the correct one, which saved a lot of time and probably would have saved a lot of money as well if I had not double checked.
3: I gotcha. So while we're talking about advice, maybe there's some, some kids out there that are listening or some parents that are not involved in scouting. Let me ask you, did what would be the the most profound thing that you think of when you think of scouting? Like, did it help you grow in certain areas? Did you learn a lot of outdoor skills? What was some of your your biggest, just overall experiences in scouting, as in and learning and growing?
5: I would say uh, the some of the things that helped me the most in were probably just. Dude scouting, I always had a group of people that I could talk to. And I always had a group of people that, I mean, I saw them every Monday night. So it was a group of people that I knew well and was able to talk to. So it helped me a lot. Uh, socially, I wasn't always a very good, good at talking to people. So it helped me in that way. But I also, uh, scouting helped me learn to cook a lot. I, I know every camp out, we tried to do one every month of the year and every camp out scouts would cook. Uh, the scouts themselves would cook the meals for their patrol. And once you got to that realm of like 15 and up, when you were pretty much always a patrol leader or senior patrol leader, uh, it pretty much got to the point where you weren't always cooking every single part of the meal, but you were definitely explaining how to cook. and it definitely shows like the edge method because even though I wasn't physically cooking anymore, just going through the process of explaining how to do each step and then showing how to do each step definitely taught me how to even better, like it made it. So I know I knew exactly what to do for most of the meals that we cooked. So I don't know if uh, kids really like cooking, but it definitely helped me learn how to cook a lot, which is definitely something I'm going to be able to use in the future. And then it, Totally helped me uh, learn how to work in a team environment. Uh, The whole idea of not a leader, not being someone who gave orders, but someone who works with the people that they're leading. It helped me think about things like that. I know I got to go to national youth leadership training uh, during scouting. So I was able to learn about proper communication in groups and like proper leadership and how to get through conflict and things like that. So it really helps me in times such as when we were on Philmont, just getting through like little arguments and disagreements and things like that. And I also got to go to Seabase while I was at Scouts. And for that one, I was our our Trek leader. So being able to use what I learned in NYLT to then uh, deal with voting on what we're gonna do for a day or deciding which meals we're gonna cook was really helpful. So those are probably the leadership the, uh, the cooking and just the social aspects really helped me. But I know there are a lot of people who sometimes they get to do things such as I come from a very outdoor family, but I know a lot of kids who join scouting don't. So they get to experience backpacking or camping for the first time. And that's also something that a lot of people can get from scouting.
0: So what's your favorite thing to cook now?
5: <sighs> I really like cooking. Uh alfredo sauce pasta it's kind of a it's not one that i cooked a lot on a camp out just because we would always use camp stoves or campfires and it's kind of tough to regulate heat with those so it's a bit tough to do it but my favorite camp out meal was always uh dutch oven jambalaya it was Ooh. really really good i know my dad it's really good found that on a website somewhere and just gave me the recipe one time. And now anytime we have the opportunity to me and him both cook it like all the time, you're out in your backyard <laughs> cooking it, aren't you? Oh yeah. Like we cook it. We'll just put charcoal in our grill and put the Dutch oven in it and make it for dinner. Sometimes like it's just a really good meal.
0: Nice. Nice. That's great. And, um, and you're kind of, you know, at the end of your uh, scouting experience as a youth, cause you're uh, headed off to college. Yes, this summer not not too far from now. Right. So tell us uh, what should the world watch out for as uh, Max is coming
5: through. I know I've always uh, I'm starting off with a major in biology. I don't know if I'm going to stay with that. I know a lot of people end up changing their majors. And so I'm going in with it thinking not that. I'm dead set on this one because there is a chance that I'm going to change my major. So I'm just kind of going in with the thought of doing the best that I can with what I have right now. And if I end up wanting to change, that's something that I have the option to do. But I've always wanted to somehow uh, help people. Just my first thought with biology was doing lab work in some way to try and help maybe uh, with diseases of some sort or make medicine for people that need it. I've also thought about being maybe going into environmental science and working with like uh, recovery for oil spills and things like that, because that's what my dad does. And I think it's a really cool thing. Helping uh, the world is kind of in a crisis right now with some of the stuff that we're going through. So it may be that in the future, helping with things like that will be a much more important thing. What about the uh, 12 points of the scout law? Do you have a favorite? I like kind just because that's one that I've always tried to use. I know uh, it's just the, the golden rule is kind of always be nice to people and I, or treat others how you like to be treated. And I kind of see that as just being kind to people because if you're kind to people, they're going to be kind to you back. And if, If everyone's kind to everybody, it's just a happier and nicer world to live in.
3: Well, thank you for being kind enough to join us on the Campfire Conversation today. We really appreciate it. And Max, as you go off to college, let me tell you this, from one eagle to another, just remember that you eagled up. And not out. So I challenge you to always uh, stay a part of scouting in one way or another. We know that you're going to be super busy at scouting, but uh, just lending an ear to some of uh, your troop members can always be a good thing, even though it's over a Zoom or a, a phone call away. Okay. Okay. And congratulations on earning your Eagle Scout. That is a huge accomplishment, and I applaud you.
1: Thank you. For more Scouting Spotlights or to get your son or daughter involved in scouting, go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com. Now, back with the final word here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle.
2: As we continue, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. Gentlemen, a very fascinating story and conversation we had with Eric Buchanan one that I very much enjoyed. I uh, find uh, so much about Eric uh, fascinating his career, his his uh, years serving our country in the Navy, uh, his time
3: as a Boy Scout, then an Eagle Scout. What were your thoughts? he, uh, he uh, like I didn't know a lot of that. Like, I knew that he was an Eagle Scout, but I had no idea that, uh, you know, that he served our country and just to the depth that he went in and, you know, the the lineage and his family with it as well. So super interesting to be able to talk to him. I think that we could have went on at least another hour or so just learning more about him.
2: Well, you may be like a lot of people that have had, you know, listening to this podcast They may have known he was an Eagle Scout, but they probably knew him mainly from being an attorney here in Chattanooga. Mm -hmm.
3: Right. That's how I knew him.
2: Yeah.
0: I tell you something that always strikes me when we have these kinds of conversations is how these people have taken their scouting experience, taken the scout oath and law, duty to God, duty to country, duty to others, Mm -hmm. and made it a full time job. And when I think about Eric, you know, I think about what he does, the work he does, helping people um, that have these types of disability claims and issues. You know, he's taking his knowledge and and he's trying to use it for the better good and to really genuinely help people.
3: And uh, I just so appreciate that. It's pretty incredible. And you can say that the, the same about our campfire conversation, Max. You know, he's just about to go off to college, his Eagle Scout project, working on a trail. Around his area, and then him actually telling us that he kind of wants to look at biology right as his his major.
0: Absolutely, yeah. What and what a great interview that was. Mm -hmm. Um, Campfire conversation with Max, and uh, just a really uh, strong, bright young kid, and it makes you feel good
3: about the future of the world. That's for sure. Yes, that's for sure.
2: Guys, it is about time for us to come to a close. But before we do. Kyle, we uh, have something you need to
3: share. (laughs) I mean, I I got my Cubmaster minute, but I will say this because I'm also serving as our council's pie master. So anybody that's already involved in in scouting in our council, not doing popcorn this year. We're going to be selling moon pies this fall and we have a super awesome program put together. You can um, stop by the scout shop to learn more about it or um, you can uh, reach out to me. The email is connected to our podcast and we can talk about moon pies. Uh, pretty pretty awesome things coming uh, our way in the Moon Pie sales this fall.
2: For somebody like me that's going, okay, where's the scout shop?
3: Where is right that? across from where we're at here right now. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And no, where we're, is that? We're on, Lee Hi, we're on Lee Highway right in front of uh, Sam's where Club. We're at where is
2: 6148 Lee Highway. What is your address there, Jerry? 6031 Lee Highway, Okay, right I next to Sam's Club. That's yeah.
0: correct. Right next to Sam's Club on mm-hmm. Lee Highway. Yep, right. that's right. And, yeah, it's pretty exciting that uh, we are going to be able to sell Moon Pies. And thank you to Moon Pie for providing a, a, a really great um, product. And I tell you the thing I'm most excited about, uh, in front of our council pie master, mm-hmm. is it's the first time in years and years where you can support local scouting by buying a local product. Mm-hmm. Made here, produced here, hot off the lines. They've assured me that the moon pies the boy scouts will be selling are literally the freshest moon
3: pies anywhere i was that coming as from a, here. A, that's funny that he brought that up because i was given that as a talking point when i'm when i'm pitching moon pies to all the units. i mean <laughs> that 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 sounds the pretty,
0: that's a pretty good talking. but I mean, I'm he's excited. being
3: legit like on our pickup days for moon pies for the leaders listening you go and pick them up at the chattanooga bakery fresh off the line <laughs> Well, uh, Jared, before we uh, wrap things up, is there
2: anything that uh, we need to share with listeners that's on the Boy Scout calendar other than the uh, luncheon in September? Anything before we go? Uh, that is the only date.
0: However, um Kyle and I are working very diligently, just a sneak peek. Uh, in the next month or two, hopefully next month, our campfire conversation should be at least one of our first female eagle scouts so you are not going to want to miss that That's going to be incredible fantastic uh interview and it'll probably be a longer interview as well so Mm -hmm. i'm pretty excited about that opportunity all right
2: well that sounds great well that's going to do it for this edition of scout on chattanooga go to the scout on chattanooga facebook for any suggestions or comments about today's podcast click on the subscribe button at your favorite podcast platform for all future podcasts. For Jared Pickens. For Jared Pickens, Cupmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield. Thank you for listening.
1: This has been another episode of Scout on Chattanooga, presented by the Cherokee Area Council BSA. To learn more about scouting in the Tennessee Valley, join a unit, or donate and become a friend of scouting, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.org. And be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And use the hashtag TNGA Scouts to stay up-to-date with the youth leaders in our area.